everybody. Thank you for coming back for yet another week of the uh, pep talk version of the Taking Care of Business podcast. I am your host, uh, Dan Trottencheck. And, um, you know, I, I, I should have some, you know, some kind of big calendar on my wall where I'm checking off how many weeks we've been in in lockdown now and, and how many weeks we've been, been uh, dealing with these unusual issues and these unusual times brought about by this pandemic. I don't. Um, it'd be interesting sometime to, to, to hear people's thoughts on on uh, on how long it seems, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> later on. One of our guests that we have today is Grant Farnsworth, and we were talking about how these COVID days are kind of like dog years. Uh, one day in COVID seems like three or four days in uh, uh, normal times, but uh, um, it is yet another week. Uh, and uh, today, you know, we've been talking about a lot of stuff lately, and we've had a lot of experts on, and we've had a lot of distribution professionals on, some retailers on, some uh some doctor types on talking about uh, leadership and all that kind of stuff. Well, uh, today it's kind of feels like a numbers day. And so what I wanted to do today was share some of the research. What are we hearing from the field about what's going on with COVID? And I already kind of tipped my hand a little bit. Um, our guest today, a little bit later on, is going to be Grant Farnsworth. Uh, Grant's been on our program a few times giving updates from the Farnsworth Group's COVID-19 Tracker Index. Um, so we're going to touch base with Grant a little bit uh, later in the program. But I am self-hijacking this first part of the program because I want to talk to you a little bit about a research project that NRHA just completed fielding. Um, what we wanted to do was, you know, we get to talk to retailers all the time. I mean, literally, I've said this before on the, on the podcast, Myself, I am probably averaging 20 to 30 calls with retailers um, every week uh, talking about what they're experiencing, what's going on at their businesses, what we can try and do to help, uh, what their thoughts are, making sure they're doing okay, all that kind of stuff. And you couple that with the other associations we talk to, uh, the distributors we talk to, and that's just me every week. And then we have a whole bunch of other people at NRHA that are talking to more retailers. Uh, probably a lot of people are talking to even more retailers than I'm talking to every week. So we get a good anecdotal view of kind of what's going on out at retail um, right now uh, under this cloud of COVID. Um, but we, you know, anecdotal information can really only take you so far. So one of the things we typically do here at NRHA, and, and a lot of you are probably familiar with this because you've probably participated in it, is that we like to do research. We like to send surveys out and, and add a little bit more um, uh, actual numbers data um, to the anecdotal information we're, we're getting back. And so that's what we did. Over the last two weeks, we've been fielding a research study um, and I wanted to give you, um, I'm not, I promise I'm not going to overwhelm you with numbers today because there's nothing like sitting down at the beginning of a week and listen to people drone on about percentages. But I just want to kind of give you some, some of the top line information. And I promise for all you guys that are really into numbers, we're going to be getting the rest of this information out soon to you uh, from this study that we've done. But I just really wanted to hit some of the high points of the study so you guys can kind of understand um, what other independent retailers in the industry are experiencing and compare it to your own experiences uh, that you're having right now. Um, so we sent out this survey and we appreciate everybody that participated. 
And just to kind of uh, set the stage is we had right about 300 different companies, and these are all independent retailers, that responded to this survey we sent out. And those 300 companies represent roughly about 1,500 different storefronts, uh, 1,445 <laughs> to be exact. Um, and we think that that is a pretty strong sampling from the industry. As you guys know, we've, we've said this number before, but there are about 35,000 roughly uh, storefronts in the industry. And, and so, uh, you know, anything, anytime when we can get more than a 1% sample size of the industry, we think it's pretty strong projectable information. And, and uh, that's why, again, just as a side note, when, when you receive an email from us um, asking you to participate in a survey, please, it, I, I know you're incredibly busy, particularly right now, but at any time, please, uh, you know, try and take a minute and, and, and fill out that survey information because it really lets us help all of you guys better understand what's going on in the industry. Um, so what did we see and what kind of questions did we want to ask? Well, th this study, you know, we called it the COVID-19 business impact survey. And so what we really wanted to see is now that everybody's been living in this environment for the last two and a half months, let's say, what are the impacts that have had on your business, both from a performance perspective, but also from kind of an operational perspective? And then we also wanted to figure out, you know, maybe in the immediate future, down the next couple months down the road, how is it going to continue to impact your business? Um, and so, you know, I would say that it's always kind of um, good when you see the empirical evidence come back, the empirical research come back and kind of support that anecdotal uh, information that you've seen. It kind of confirms that when we talk about anecdotal evidence, when we say, you know, I've talked to 30 or 40 retailers, uh, you know, a week for the last few weeks, and everybody says business is really good right now. Well, if we got this survey back and it seemed to show the business was off, well, then you figure something's wrong. But, but that certainly wasn't the case here. And, and so I'll walk you through some of this empirical stuff. And, and again, um, in, in the coming days and, and, and week or so, look for more of this information to come out. And we'll, we'll uh, as we get our analysts crunching the numbers and, and looking at everything, we'll, we'll, we'll present this in a little bit wider view for you. So as a listener of the podcast, you're getting a sneak preview hot off the presses, just closed the survey today. This is really the kind of preliminary findings. And so that's why we're going to kind of keep it at a, at a high, uh, you know, 20,000 foot view of what we see going on. Um, one of the first questions that we asked in the survey was, how have your sales performed since the beginning of the year? So since the beginning of 2020. And, you know, again, anecdotally, we've shared this with you in the past, we've heard from everybody that, you know, store, uh, sales are particularly strong. And this uh, survey really backed that up. Um, of the businesses we talked to, 71.8, almost 72% of the businesses, these independent home centers, hardware stores, and lumber dealers, uh, said that their business was up. Uh, year to date through 20, uh, over 2019. So 72% of the retailers are saying, yeah, business is up over last year for this same uh, start of the year. Um, you're probably interested um, 
in knowing what percentage so you can kind of gauge how you're doing. Well, um, overall, the average percentage that business, uh, retailers were, uh, were reporting that their business had increased was 18%. So um, again, that jibes directly with kind of the anecdotal feedback we're hearing. In fact, I, I think that most people are reporting that their business during uh, what we would call the COVID period of the year to this point is up over that 18% average that we're seeing. We think it's a little bit lower on this survey because we're asking year to date. If we just asked for the COVID period, it would probably be up even more than that. So as you're considering how the sales at your business have been performing, of course, you have to take into account things like what are the conditions in your market? Has your, has your market experienced a greater impact from shutdowns or, uh, you know, have the travel restrictions or getting out or shopping restrictions been greater in your area? Um, have you not been allowed to sell certain non-essential products? All those things can come into play when you're looking at how this compares with your own business. But right now, again, if you look at your year-to-date numbers, the industry, independent home improvement retailers, are averaging about an 18% increase over last year. And, you know, just to understand how much of that is COVID-related, well, as you can imagine, a lot of it's COVID-related. 68.3% of our um, uh, respondents said that COVID-19 has had a significant impact on their sales performance this year, and another 26.6% said it's had a moderate impact. So of those saying that COVID has somehow impacted my business this year, you're at about 91%. So, so pretty much everybody is saying business has been up and we're attributing a lot of that to some sort of impact from COVID, which again, shouldn't necessarily come as a, a, a surprise to you. But what is interesting is just reaffirming some of that anecdotal stuff that we're seeing. Um, another question we asked in the study was, how has COVID-19 impacted your staffing? So some of those staffing issues, what, what, what kind of role is COVID-19 playing and what reactions and what are you doing in regard to uh, responding to some of the new uh, challenges presented by COVID? Um, well, of all the different uh, uh, types of questions we asked, some of the ones with the highest uh, rate of uh, agreement or responses were 44% of our respondents said that they have had employees who have refused to work in their stores uh, under COVID. Um, we have had 37% uh, of the respondents who said that you are actually using fewer employees to run your operation, which again, I don't know that this is necessarily groundbreaking. I'm sure you guys, uh, particularly the retailers, are experiencing that, is that you've had employees, whether it's for fear of, of infection or because they are in high-risk groups or a combination of those things, or maybe they have kids at home that they have to take care of because school's been shut down or they're caring for someone else. Um, but, uh, you know, again, 44% uh, plus a little, 44.2% of our respondents said they have had employees who have refused to work in the store and it looks like more than a third of the retail uh, operators out there are operating with a less than optimal crew size. So you're not alone if you are um, if you are having to work with fewer employees and dealing with those increases in sales. Um, about 14% of our respondents said that they have had to either furlough or lay off employees during this time. So the number that have had to furlough or lay off employees is still relatively small. Um, 
and so it looks like the shorthanded crews um, are more along the lines of uh, being caused by people who uh, are having to stay home and not being able to work for one COVID-related reason or the other. Um, it's also interesting to point out that some of the reasons for having to furlough or lay off employees has mostly been around areas of the business that can't function right now. So if you have a kitchen estimating crew or a delivery crew or whatever it might be, that's where a lot of those furloughs and layoffs are coming from, is not from your kind of uh, cashier level, sales floor level, management level employees. It's more from the areas of the business that have been impacted by COVID that have, been had, uh, that have had to be shut down. And so you've had to uh, furlough uh, employees. Um, about Almost a quarter, 23.5% of the uh, retailers we talked to said that they do have some employees working from home. So it's certainly interesting uh, that, that there, there's that many employees in a retail environment that have been able to work from home that makes sense. Um, another area that we went into in the study uh, were some of the other employee issues related to COVID-19. And um, again, a, a lot of this stuff is just quantifying what you would naturally think, but 78.9%, so almost 80% of you guys have instituted social distancing guidelines for your employees in the store. 70% uh, are providing PPE for employees to use in the store. 35% um, are offering incentive pay for employees to work in the store right now. And 31%, almost a third um, of retailers that responded have said they've seen overtime hours increase. Um, so all of those things, um, you know, again, have emerged as trends during these times. Another very popular non-financial incentive that we saw pop up on this survey was that 45.8%, uh, uh, so, so nearly half, of the retailers we talked to are buying employees meals on certain days. And this is something that we had talked about. Actually, I've talked about it several times on the podcast, but also that we've talked about with some of the uh, retail groups we work with and the retailers that we're talking to just one at a time. But, but th this has, everybody that I've talked to has said this has been a very successful uh, means of motivating employees. Um, from buying uh, you know, meals on particular days, utilizing local restaurants and other locally owned businesses to bring in the food, to one retailer who even uh, brought in uh, meals. And, and what I mean by that is they brought in enough that an employee could take food home and have some extra food for their family um, enough food to bring dinner home for the family. Uh, or, or another retailer had mentioned, and we talked about this on a podcast last week, was that they, they tried to really personalize this and ask employees or look at employees and, and, think, and talk to them about what their favorite local restaurants were or what their favorite dishes were from those restaurants. So it's not just, I'm bringing in something, I'm really thinking about you guys and saying, hey, I appreciate your hard work and I'm gonna bring in food from your favorite restaurant um, so we can have that and, and kind of show you that I appreciate your hard work but also, you know, enable you to not have to put yourself out there and go worry about going out to a restaurant um, uh, to take care of that yourself. So it was encouraging to see that based on our research, almost half of the retailers out there are, are bringing in those meals for employees. Um, when we look at some of the other aspects of how COVID has impacted operations, 
Um, one of the biggest areas, and so if you guys are wondering, um, you know, 72.5% of all respondents said that they have instituted curbside pickup at their businesses right now. So, you know, if you're listening to the podcast and you have or you haven't, it's a very interesting development. And one of the reasons that we've heard from a lot of retailers why curbside pickup has been so advantageous is not only because it's a necessity, is that, is that whether, you know, you were equipped or however you would manage getting employees into and out of your business with the products they needed without having them, uh, you, you know, have to break social distancing guidelines or somehow interact uh, more with employees or within your store, um, is that the big boxes weren't doing this in most areas. Now, they might have done it selectively in some areas, but as a general rule, the big boxes weren't offering this kind of service. So this is a great example of, of, of a process that you guys, the independent retailers, figured out, you know, here's how we can respond to this situation, and here's a service that we can offer that the big boxes aren't. So, you know, what we've seen and what, what we think the other research we've read about uh, during this period is that there have been a lot of customers uh, that are shopping for home improvement that have said, you know, I don't know how comfortable I feel going into a big box, particularly when you look at it and the parking lot's crowded and you know there's going to be a lot of people in the store and you're concerned about that kind of contact. The independent businesses, independent retailers in home improvement have benefited from that. And this curbside pickup can be a big part of that the ability to not even have to go into the store. And I want to come back to that in just a second when we talk about some of the things that this research showed us about what are things that are happening during COVID that might continue to happen once we move out of COVID a little bit. Um, uh, another, uh, a couple of the other uh, business operational changes that registered large on our survey in terms of number of uh, stores that are doing them is uh, instituting purchase limits on particular products, 53%, so more than half of the retailers said that they've had to do that. Um, and, and, and as you can imagine, most of the products where those purchase limits uh, have had to be instituted are in areas like PPE and cleaning supplies. And, and, and though we did see some other stuff register that um, was also just kind of supply chain limited stuff that, that, that we were having a hard time getting in. Um, uh, about 52.6% of you said that you have changed your hours that you're open or the days that your store is open. And 48% have, 48.6 have reported seeing an increase in online orders. You know, that in and of itself has been a, a, an incredible story that's emerged out of this COVID is one, I think, I think this ability to adapt to how can we service customers without having them to come physically into the store. The one thing that emerged is what we just talked about, which is this co uh, concept of curbside pickup. The second thing is um, online. You know, I, I know that, that my gosh, I, I've probably presented 20 times on online retail and e-commerce and omni-channel over the last uh, few years, but I, I think that one thing we're seeing coming out of the, the, this era of COVID is kind of a sea change. Um, so many independent retailers are telling me we are seeing our online sales increase by 5%, 10%, 20%, 30% um, during this challenge. And, and I think it should really be kind of a, a, a wake-up call also to retailers who might not be offering much in the way of e-commerce right now that some of these things like curbside pickup and online ordering 
are just going to be learned behaviors. I think just like, um, you know, I've said this before, I, 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 I'm not a techie guy, but I've been forced to use Zoom for probably three or four meetings a day for the last two and a half months. Now I am so comfortable using Zoom, I'm thinking about, you know, as I go forward, I'll probably hop on a plane a lot less frequently than I did before. Or as a staff perspective, we can get people together that are in other places or out of town um, or our board members and, and gather on a Zoom meeting. Very similarly, these consumers that right now have said, well, I've never really bought something online from my local home improvement retailer, but they did it because of COVID or they've never done curbside picket, a pickup, but now they've done it because of COVID they're going to become a lot more comfortable with that and they're likely going to expect that kind of service to be available as we emerge from this. And that's not even talking about, you know, if we're still kind of under these restricted engagement kind of protocols for the next couple few months. And I'm not saying that, you know, we're going to be on lockdown that for that long, but you're still going to have a large percentage, even if things everything opened up, you're still going to have a large percentage of people who might say, I don't know how comfortable I feel just yet getting back into that kind of crowded retail environment. So again, I think these numbers that we got back from this survey really suggest that not only did independent retailers embrace online sales and curbside pickup, but let's be honest, you're not embracing it because it's not working for you. So uh, those are some numbers we probably want to pay attention to. Um, you know, we asked what were some of the other protocols that are COVID-19 related that you've implemented into your business. Um, social distancing, 93% have implemented actual guidelines for social distancing. So that's, that's not surprising at all. 88.4%. Um, uh, so almost, you know, nine out of 10 have instituted new cleaning protocols for the stores. Also not very surprising. Um, but, you know, 57% have put plexiglass barriers at registers and service counters. 50%, um, so half of you right now are requiring employees to wear masks while on duty. Um, that's important to note. 41% uh, um, have had to limit the number of customers allowed into the store at any one time. Um, fewer uh, are seeing things like just over 11% requiring employees to wear gloves. Um, just about 12% are limiting the areas of the stores that customers can shop in. Um, and, and glad to report that only 6% say that they have had to limit sales um, of what we would call non-essential merchandise. Um, you know, uh, so all of those things um, are interesting, at least from a perspective of comparing what you have done um, to what, uh, what others in the industry have had to do. Um, interestingly enough, uh, we, we also asked, uh, what percentage of you applied for relief through the payroll protection program? And, uh, just about 65% of the retailers surveyed said that they, um, had applied for relief through payroll protection. Um, and about 90%, 87% of those who applied were granted, uh, the payroll protection relief. Um, and I'll kind of leave it on this last uh, thing uh, from the data here. Um, we asked, how long do you think it will be before your business returns to normal operations? And this was kind of all over the board, but it's important to, 
to point out that the when, when you lump things together, about 50%, so half the retailers think it's going to be between four months and 12 months. So four months to a year before things have returned to normal. Um, then 18% think it's going to be a year or longer, and 18% think it's going to be one to three months. Um, so, you know, I guess if anything, that illustrates that it's anybody's guess, but, uh, you know, the, the even money is on somewhere between four to 12 months before operations get back to normal. And our final questions that we asked in this survey, we're asking, you know, kind of in the coming months, uh, in the near future, six months, 12 months, what are some of the things that have happened that you think you will continue to do? Um, and 75% of you guys said you'll continue to maintain social distancing practices in the store. 83% said you're going to continue to implement enhanced cleaning protocols. And 65% said you're going to continue to offer curbside pickup. And 22% focus more on online sales. So um, again, I mean, we're so knee deep in the problem and the challenges that we've had to use to adapt to um, the new protocols and new requirements around shopping and store operations. But it's also good to take a step back, I think, and look at some of these things. You know, again, the idea is this pep talk version is to talk about some positive things. And, and I think this research really enforces what some of the positive things that may come out of this are. One, it, it's a positive thing, and it's certainly been a blessing that is not lost on any of us in this industry that, that this industry has seen sales increase during this period. And, and I don't in any way mean to be flip about that, is that, you know, when we look at the way other industries have been um, hammered uh, by this uh, lockdown and, and the pandemic, um, it truly is a blessing for those who are operating home improvement stores that they have not seen that um, and have actually seen business increases. And I think that's something that's important to remember as we come out of this, that not every business is, has been as fortunate as we have been um, in the home improvement sector to see those kind of increases. And, and remember that so much of that is thanks to uh, our hardworking employees who have, have come in day after day. And as the research indicates, fewer people working longer hours um, to, to make sure that those products get sold, their communities get serviced. Um, and I think that's a positive that we can remember coming out of this. But I think some of the other operational positives that I want to make sure everybody kind of thinks about and focuses on are these things like curbside pickup. It's so, it's so interesting that independent retailers, as you guys have been throughout the history of home improvement retailing in America, um, have been able to adapt to these challenges that are thrown at you and focus on things like, well, how do I sell stuff online? How do I service customers who can't come into my store? Oh, well, we'll do things like curbside pickup. And I would really encourage you guys to continue looking at these things as, as points of difference as we move forward. Not when it's kind of um, forced on us by our circumstances, but when it can really be a differentiator and a positive for your business so you can make sure that you have a stake in the marketplace moving forward and that you don't lose hold of your claim to being a very convenient and adaptable place for consumers to shop. Um, so, you know, out of these kind of events, we get these um, field tests. Now we've been able to field test um, uh, working uh, with different hours. We've been able to field test how do we handle 
curbside pickup. We've been able to field test how do we grow or, or somehow service our online sales increasing by 30% in uh, uh, or 300% in some cases in a short period of time. So don't lose uh, sight of all that knowledge we've gained about how to operate your business successfully during these times. Um, uh, well, as I said, uh, this is just kind of a very high level view of some of the research that we had come out of this recent study. Thank you again to everybody who participated in the study. And for those of you who are interested in seeing even more data out of this uh, most recent round of research, uh, keep looking at your NRHA newsletter and copies of hardware, hardware retailing um, as it comes out in the future to, to read even more about what we found out in this study. Um, and uh, we appreciate you tuning in here every week. But hang on, we're not done with the numbers. We're going to transition to a conversation really here, uh, quick here with Grant Farnsworth, as I said, from the Farnsworth Group, who's going to tell us about some of the numbers that they're seeing from DIYers and from remodelers and contractors and how, how those numbers have changed since the start of the outbreak and maybe where they see those numbers headed in the future. So thanks for tuning in again and uh, stay tuned to listen to what Grant has to say. Hey everybody, uh, we've got uh, uh, a returning guest that we, we, we were uh, talking to regularly and it's been a little bit since we had uh, Grant Farnsworth on the program. Uh, Grant, welcome back to the program. It seems like, I, I mean, I know it's only been a couple of weeks, but it seems like it's been a long time since we talked. Uh, well, uh, I think these days, Dan, uh, one week is, is equivalent to about three months. So <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I, I, that, that must be it. It's kind of like dog years. We're going to measure <laughs> COVID years. It, you know, a, a COVID day is equal to three regular days. Um, but uh, it, for those of you who don't uh, remember or hadn't heard Grant on the program before, Grant is with the Farnsworth Group, a uh, market research firm based here in Indianapolis, Indiana, and uh, and an organization that they manage and work with as well as the Home Improvement Research Institute. And really since the start of the, the COVID outbreak, um, uh, the Farnsworth Group, together with HERI, have been conducting uh, market research uh, in and around the impact of uh, the COVID uh, outbreak on consumers and their thoughts on how they're doing DIY projects, what kind of projects they're engaging with, but also uh, looking at contractors and professionals uh, and how the COVID outbreak is impacting what they're doing. So they take all this information and they put it together in something called their COVID-19 Tracker Index. And Grant, I know we talked about this a little bit before, but maybe you could tell us a little bit about what the index looks at. Yep. And then maybe you could catch us up a little bit on the latest kind of uh, information you're getting back and maybe how it's changed since you first started looking at it. So maybe explain to us a little bit about the Tracker Index uh, for those of you who might not be familiar with it and what numbers you're looking at. Yeah, sure, so appreciate the, the time as always, Dan. Um, so for those of you that haven't seen the index, you can check it out at thefarnsworthgroup.com slash COVID. Uh, we'll provide some information there. Again, that's thefarnsworthgroup.com slash COVID. And it is uh, just what you said, Dan. So it's looking at DIYer uh, behaviors being impacted uh, because of COVID and same thing on the contractor side. Uh, as far as what we're seeing, if, if we want to get into maybe some of the results uh, with DIYers, at least from a high level, it's, it's been fairly stable, um, increasing even a little bit here and there in pockets over the last few weeks. But uh, we're seeing roughly two-thirds of the DIYers we talk to each week um, having engaged with a project 
the prior week. Um, and what we've seen increase over the last, I would say, two to three weeks is actually project intent. So we're seeing more intent happen over the last week than we have before. Uh, we're up to about 76% that are planning to start a new project within the next few weeks. Um, that's actually the third straight week in a row of increased intentions, Dan. So um, we've, we've seen strong DIY activity um, and we expect to see strong DIY activity when we look at those metrics on, you know, what are you planning to do uh, in, in the coming weeks? So real good news on the DIY side is, is I know you guys are continuing to see as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly think uh, we see that reflected in the numbers that we've been seeing in terms of sales at home improvement retailers that are certainly been busy um, since this this outbreak started happening. Um, and it's also encouraging. I mean, I know there's a lot of question marks out there right now as, as we, we, we are kind of coming out of the, the uh, lockdown phase and kind of entering this reopening phase. And and we've seen the first round of stimulus come through uh, directly to uh, most uh, uh, consumers and most citizens uh, eligible for it. Um, and I know there's been a concern about, you know, people are engaging in projects right now, but what is that going to look like three, four weeks out or as we enter the third yeah. quarter? I know you guys don't look that far out, but from what you just said, it sounds at least over the near term somewhat encouraging that not only are homeowners engaging in projects, but they're still planning additional projects as we move forward. That's exactly right. And we are actually seeing a little bit of a bump um, in the South and Midwest uh, census regions compared to the East and West, which aligns with where we're seeing some of the markets, quote, open up. Um, and the projects that they are planning to do are right in line with what we've seen historically for this time of year. So paint remains pretty strong. Lawn and garden activities remain strong right now. Uh, and general home maintenance. Um, I think what else is interesting that we're seeing is that there's um, been some stable as well as slight increases in some of those uh, more complex DIY projects. So typically when we think about you know HVAC, electrical, um, it is and remains a low percent of DIYers doing that type of work. Um, but we've seen slight bumps in those more complex projects. And when we get the feedback from DIYers, it goes back to some COVID related um, implications around health. So these are folks that they, they want to do these types of projects. They want them done on their home. They would typically have a contractor do it. But again, these small pockets of DIYers saying, well, I don't feel comfortable having a contractor in my home, so I'm going to take on this challenge that otherwise maybe I wouldn't have. So yeah. it's, um, it's really interesting kind of across the board of all projects, uh, the level of not only, as you said, the, the, the current work being done, but the planned work over the next two to three weeks. I know early on, or when we first started looking at the numbers you guys were coming out with, um, you were asking homeowners, is this directly linked to yeah. something in and around COVID? Is that still holding steady that some of this is is still tied to COVID and not just Absolutely. seasonal? Absolutely. Once a month, we add in some extra questions to our tracker. One of those is, are your projects being done as an implication of COVID? And almost every DIY that we talked to said, yes, these were not projects they had already started. They were not projects they had planned. Um, these are things that they've decided to do um, most often because they have time. They, they're, they're at home. And one other thing to think about, Dan, as we look at retail being very strong in the DIY uh, segments, um, disposable income right now, for those of us that still have jobs and still have income, uh, we have fewer places to spend it. Yeah. So be very mindful that, you know, you're, 
you're not going to spend it going to a ball game. You're not going to a concert. You're not going out to restaurants. So you're not going on vacations. Um, and that may hold for quite some time, even as things open back up, because people are concerned about their health. COVID's not gone, despite the fact that you've got more uh, shops opening up. Um, so we may continue to see the reallocation of disposable income going towards DIY-related activities as we have these last couple of months. Sure, and I think that that is certainly reflective of what we've seen during past times of uncertainty, mm-hmm. that <clears throat> people tend to spend more on home improvement because there may be, like coming out of the last recession, there was a lot of that nesting kind of, um, you know, I'm not necessarily going to plan a big vacation or I'm not going to do something. And that's even concentrated now because you're not able to really go out to the restaurant to eat as frequently perhaps, um, nor are you able to go to the movies or as you said, a concert or sporting event right now. That's right. Yeah. So it's very interesting on the DIY side. I would certainly love to chat too about the, the contractor. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What are you guys well. seeing? Because that's the other, the flip side of, of, of the right. COVID tracker index is looking at, at the remodelers and, and uh, contractors. What, what are you seeing over there? Yeah. So this is where, I mean, it, it, challenges continue to persist. Um, okay. We certainly don't want to paint a picture that, um, you know, it's, it's bright and rosy on the contractor side, the way it is on, on the DIY and retail side. Um, however, what we are seeing in the data is, is a pretty nice curve to where we might have seen the worst of the worst really happen in mid to late April. Um, uh, we're now seeing subtle bounces back as far as uh, number of bids, closure rate, starting to see some more positive increases in those metrics around their business. We are also seeing a lessening of how they're viewing uh, COVID negatively impacting their business. So yes, it is having a negative impact, but gosh, it's maybe not as great of an impact today as it was three weeks ago. And, and when we were kind of in that, in that valley, hopefully of where it was, um, what kind of information were you getting back? What were the, some of the reasons that they were yeah. seeing these job cancellations and, and yep. so forth? COVID related, without a doubt. Yeah, okay. we, we do ask that on our tracker. Are, are your delays cancellations uh, due to COVID? And without a doubt, yes, large or small firm, that's what we're seeing. Um, I would say the larger the firm, um, the, 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 the better they're faring. I mean, all are facing challenges. Uh, but the larger firms, when we start looking at those doing 750000 plus or more a year in revenue, um, you know, they, they aren't as negative. They aren't as down as far as bids, et cetera. Um, but the causes to that kind of across the board, uh, first and foremost, continue to be health related. And it's not just homeowners being concerned with having a contractor in their home. It's also contractors being concerned about their own health and well-being or the health and well-being of their staff. So it goes both ways. Um, the other thing that we're seeing increase over the last you know, few weeks um, as a culprit is uh, concerns around budget or finance. And we see this with our DIY tracker as well, that homeowners still want to get the work done but I want to be a little bit more sensitive to how much I spend right now. And, and I know we've talked about this over the weeks, but um, you know, this, this budget financial concern piece may be trickling down into some pricing sensitivity that we haven't had to worry about in our industry for the last few years. Yeah. Um, we may be able to over, over, maybe able to overcome that, Dan, with, with some availability. So, um, availability may be trumping all things right now as we think about um, you know what what brands are available, what actual products are available. Um, I'll pay whatever I have to because I want that good. 
So we may be able to overcome some price sensitivity, but that's one thing that we're tracking at the Farms with Group to see what happens. And one thing we're encouraging our clients to really jump on quickly as far as researching their customer, researching their product. Um, you know, what importance does pricing play right now? What importance does availability play right now? Because those are the two big things we continue to see as, um, you know, inhibitors of, of some contractor business coming back quickly. Um, since it's kind of a number sort of day for me, I'll, I'll dive in a little bit deeper with a question about this. Do you think that there's any possibility or, or there, there is a direct correlation that what you're seeing with the budgetary concerns on amongst the contractors for reasons that are projects are being postponed and canceled could be a leading indicator to what we might see on the DIY side that that, you know, maybe the first step is, well, you know, I'm not sure if I'm going to be going back to work or I've spent through my stimulus. I'm not going to have a contractor do it. I might try and do it myself or I might postpone it. But if this persists, that it might be, again, a leading indicator to, well, now I'm just going to put off the project altogether. It could be. Listen, we're not economists. Uh, <laughs> we're not weathermen. Uh, we, no, one, no one knows what's right. going to happen, right? Um, I, I think that may be a possibility, Dan. However, given the numbers that we're seeing in retail yeah, and, and almost the year-over-year growth that a lot of retailers are reporting on the DIY side, you know, that would suggest that, that the money is there. I'm, I'm just being conscious about how I spend it. Sure. Um, as opposed to what we might have seen in the last recession, which is, I don't have it to spend. Yeah. And, and yeah. almost a retraction in that spending. I think we're seeing a shift in that spending and a continuance in that spending um, in, in this current market, which is is maybe a little bit unique compared to prior recessions, if, if that makes any sense whatsoever. No, no, I definitely I definitely think it makes sense. And, and I think that really when you couple the idea of the economic concerns with those safety concerns about having contractors come into your house and, and that sort of thing, you know, that's an effect that we've never really had to, had right. to measure before, unless, you know, you go back to, you know, the early 1900s when, when, when there were other pandemic issues we were dealing with, but certainly not in, in, in our lifetimes or in the modern times. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to point out too, Grant, is all the information you're talking about in this tracker index is available to anybody who wants to get this. You guys release this information on Wednesday afternoons, if I'm correct, right around yep. Wednesday. And it's, it's it's free. It's it's available to anyone and everyone. We're we're, we're doing our best to, to to inform to support. Again, it's it's a good broad takeaway around what's happening with DIY behaviors, contractor behaviors. So you're, you're not going to get maybe that level of detail on your specific brand or product or right. a segment within your customer base. Um, so we're here as the Farms Group to help dig you know deeper for you. But it it it's there, Dan. We we hope folks are using it and, and finding it helpful in, in conversations for their business. And again, to get it, someone just goes to the farmsworthgroup.com backslash COVID, and yep. that'll be, be where they can sign up for it um, to, it to get it alert sent to them when every, every week when the information releases, right? Got it. Um, speaking of things you guys are doing to benefit the industry, um, you guys have uh, uh, coming up uh, a really interesting webinar with a, with a pretty well-known uh, individual. You guys have uh, tracked down Kermit Baker from the, the Joint Center on Housing Studies at Harvard, uh, who's going to do a webinar for you guys. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so excited. Uh, we, we, we partner with Kermit, uh, Abby, and, and the folks over at Harvard on a regular basis. Um, they're, they're, they're great partners of ours. Uh, we've done a lot of research together over the years. 
Uh, Kermit will be joining me on a webinar next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Should be 30, 45 minutes. We'll keep it um, nice and brief. But we'll be looking at a lot of the results that we've been tracking week after week after week in regards to contractors. So this is going to be a real heavy uh, residential contractor lens and what COVID is doing to their project and, and product behaviors. Uh, Kermit will share some results that they've been looking at, uh, at on, on Harvard's side, um, certainly trying to unpack you know, what this all means uh, in the current environment, what it might mean going forward. So it should be a, a lot of great dialogue between myself and Kermit as we look at, again, some contractor results we've been collecting over the last couple of months. Yeah, and just to clarify, uh, because we're recording this, uh, that we're talking about Thursday the 21st, correct? The 21st of May. 21st of May, 2 p.m. Eastern. 2 p.m. Eastern time. So how do I go to this? What do I do? Where do I sign up? <laughs> yeah. uh, reach out to me. Reach out to anyone at, here at the Farnsworth Group. Um, any colleagues that you all have worked with or, or talked to at the Farnsworth Group, we can get you registered. Uh, feel free to also visit thefarnsworthgroup.com. Um, we can get you registered through there as well. If you have any questions, uh, we're always here to help support. Um, so call, email, uh, whatever you can. We will make sure we do our best to get you taken care of. And that's definitely worth the time because not, I mean, two things coming away from this, if you're a retailer or if you're a manufacturer or distributor, it doesn't really matter. Sign up for that COVID tracker just to see what 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 consumer and, and remodeler sentiment is. Uh, you can't beat the price. Um, and, and, and also, I mean, when, when you're getting uh, information from the Farnsworth Group and then you layer someone as well-respected as Kermit Baker into that discussion to kind of kind of get, you know, that little old... Uh, fly-by-night University, Harvard, uh, <laughs> get some feedback from them on what's going on in the marketplace. Um, that, that's a lot of information and what people re need right now to make good business decisions in a time when that's really unprecedented as far as what's going on is, is get all the information you can get. And, right. and uh, we, at NRHA, we certainly tried to provide that. And the folks over at the Farnsworth Group, with what they're doing, with the webinars and the and the and the research that's available, uh, th those should be no-brainers for people just to sign up for and and get to uh, gather that information that way. Grant, thank you again. It's uh, uh, hopefully we'll have you on again soon, and may maybe pretty soon we'll be talking about post-COVID. Let's all hope that we're talking about what the post-COVID economy looks like. Let's so always good chatting with you, Dan. Looking forward to it next time. All right, thanks, Grant.